It's good to be here tonight, and let's take our Bibles, if you have one with you, and let's turn over to Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, and I want to consider some thoughts tonight on Thanksgiving, and uh, certainly again, good for us to celebrate Thanksgiving. Again, it's probably the most scriptural holiday you can have, is to give Thanksgiving to God, and thank the Lord for the many things He gives us as God's people, and even if we aren't God's people, the great things he gives us. Colossians chapter 3, I'd like to start here tonight, Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12, the Bible says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, skip to verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. We read verse 17 also. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. God's people ought to be thankful. The Bible says there in verse number 15, be ye thankful. I want to consider some thoughts here tonight on Thanksgiving, but we're going to consider tonight how to have a great Thanksgiving. How to have a great Thanksgiving. Now that isn't especially maybe something that you can think about, but again, I'm going to take and look at some great Thanksgivings of the past, and I want to consider how to have a great Thanksgiving Today And so let's pray as we consider this thought, how to have a great Thanksgiving. Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you again for the Word of God. Thank you for the free exercise we have to speak the truth in our country. We thank you again for uh, this country and its history. We thank you again for those pilgrims coming here. Thank you for the gospel ministry that's been reached uh, to many through the years and, and reached to us or to many uh, across this world. But again, as we consider some thoughts on Thanksgiving here today, I pray that you just help us to understand some things that go into a great Thanksgiving. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just want to mention, and I'm not here to poo-poo on food and that sort of thing, but a great Thanksgiving uh, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with food. I mean, someone might say, well, we had the greatest Thanksgiving ever. I mean, we had... Everything that everybody could have for Thanksgiving. I mean, we had turkey, we had deer, we had, you could go on with all the kinds of meats that people might have for Thanksgiving. You could go along with all the sides, so to speak, that someone could have for Thanksgiving. You could go along with all the treats that someone could have uh, for Thanksgiving. They not only had, at our Thanksgiving, they had pecan pie, they had apple pie, they had, you know, any kind of pie you could come up with. They had all the pies that you could have. You know, our Thanksgiving, they even had, and this was weird, I mean, they had donuts there. Donuts for Thanksgiving? That doesn't belong with Thanksgiving. But maybe someone would want donuts at their Thanksgiving. So they had donuts at their Thanksgiving. They had milk there. They had Mountain Dew there. They had, I mean, all the fixings that you could come up with. Anything you could crave, they had I mean, they had the best coffee there. They, I mean, you could go on and on with all these kind of things. And you could talk about, we had the greatest Thanksgiving. But you know, you might not have had 
the greatest thanksgiving by having all those things there. You, you might just benefit by being blessed and having a lot of things there. But uh, what goes into a great thanksgiving? What goes into a great thanksgiving? Well, let's go back in history to one of the great thanksgivings that we see in the scriptures. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 12, if you turn back there with me. One of the greatest thanksgivings I believe we see in the scriptures, that I see in the scriptures, happens way back in history in Nehemiah's day, in Nehemiah chapter 12. And again, in Nehemiah chapter 12, we have one of the greatest thanksgivings experienced by the Jewish people. And we're American people. We could go back to 1620 or 1621 or 1623 or, or 1863, or maybe someone has some other year. They said, you know, we had the greatest Thanksgiving celebration at that time. But I want you to notice here in Nehemiah chapter 12, some people that experience a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll pick up in Nehemiah chapter 12, uh, starting in verse number 1. We're not going to read through the whole chapter. There's a lot of names in here and, and some material that, again, we're not going to consider here tonight. But we see in the Bible the Jews having a tremendous Thanksgiving in Nehemiah chapter 12. I pick up in verse number 1. It says, Now these are the priests and the Levites that went up to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel and Jeshua and Sarai and uh, Jeremiah and Ezra and Amariah and, and Malak and uh, Hatush and mentions a number of different guys here. I'm not always the best at pronouncing those, so we'll skip through a few of those. And uh, we'll skip to verse 8. It says, Moreover, the Levites, Jeshua, Benaniah, Kedemiah, uh, Sherebiah, and Judah, and Mataniah, uh, which were over the thanksgiving, he and his brethren. So there are people that had, uh, you know, they were going to be over the thanksgiving. They were being participants in the thanksgiving. They were going to be involved with this great thanksgiving back here in the days of Nehemiah. I'm going to skip through these many names here. It mentions these guys involved, and they were all there. It mentions there in the next uh, Verses there, it says in Baca, or sorry, Bukiah and Uniah, their brethren, which were against them in the watches, and Jeshua and whatever. And it goes on. I'm not trying to dismiss these guys, but there's just a ton of guys here in the Bible uh, that were involved with this Thanksgiving. And you read of them in verse 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21. And 22, and verse number 23. And then it says in verse 24, And the chief of the Levites, Hashabiah, and Sherbiah, and Jeshua, the son of Kedamiel, uh, with their brethren over against them, to praise and to give thanks according to the commandments of, the, of, of David, the man of God, Ward over against them. And so all these guys involved with the thanksgiving, these Levites, again, they, they were established by God to give thanks to God on a regular basis. And all these guys were going to be involved with this thanksgiving. And it mentions their, their purpose was there, it mentions verse 24, to praise and to give thanks according to the commandment of David. It goes on here and mentions some other guys. Verse 25, it says, And Mathaniah and, and uh, Bacariah and Obadiah and Meshulam and, and Talam and Akub and... Uh, were porters. 
keeping the ward at the threshold of the gates. And we talked about the porters and them being, again, burden bearers and people that did work in ministry. Uh, verse 26, these were the days of uh, Jehoiakim, the sons of Jeshua, the sons of uh, Josedek, in, in the days of Nehemiah, the governor, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and with singing and with cymbals and psalteries and with hearts. And the sons of the singers gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country round about Jerusalem and from the villages of Naph, uh, Naphtophali and also of the house of Gilgal and out of the fields of uh, Geba and mentions all these different places and peoples and all these kind of things and they're, they're coming to celebrate a great Thanksgiving. A great Thanksgiving. Uh, we read on there in verse 30 it says, and the, and the priests and the Levites purified themselves and purified the people and the gates and the wall and I brought out the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them to give thanks whereof one went on the right hand upon the wall toward the Gungag, and, and after that went Hoshiah and the half of the princes of Judah, and Ezariah and Ezra, and Meshalam and Judah, and Benjamin, and Shemamiah, and, and Jeremiah, and, and certain of the priests, uh, sons with trumpets, namely Zechariah, the son of uh, Jonathan, and, and the son of Shemaiah, and the son of Mathaniah, and the son of Milkiah, and the sons of Zachar, and the son of Asaph, and his brethren Shemaiah, and Azariah and Meliah and Gilgiah and, and Maiah and, and Naphtali and Judah and Hananiah with the musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Ezra, the scribe before them. So a bunch of musicians are coming to praise God at this great Thanksgiving. And of the found gates, which were over against them, they went up to the stairs of the city of David at the going out of the wall above the house of David, even to the water gate eastward. And others of the company of them gave thanks and went over against them. And I after them, and half the people upon the wall, and beyond the tower of the furnaces, even to the broad wall, and from above the gate of Ephraim, and above the, the old gate, and above the fish gate, and the, the tower of Hananiah, and the tower of Meliah, even over the sheep gate, they, they stood still in the prison gate. So stood the two companies of them, they gave thanks in the house of God. And I and half the rulers with me. And the priests, uh, Elikim, uh, Messiah, Meninim, Micaiah, goes on and on, gives some more names there. Of some of the priests, they had trumpets. And verse number 32 mentions a number of different guys. It says, and with singers sang aloud with uh, uh, Jezreel, their overseer. And the day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God made them to rejoice with great joy. And the, and the wives and the children rejoiced, and that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. That's amazing. I would love to be at some kind of Thanksgiving like this. I haven't seen a Thanksgiving like this. Have you seen a Thanksgiving like this? I've, had, I've never participated in a Thanksgiving anywhere like this. <clears throat> I mean, voices and trumpets and peoples and singers. 
all coming from places outside a city to come to a city and to gates and to walls and to places to give thanks to the Lord and to praise His name and to play trumpets and be involved with music. I don't know if I'll be in a Thanksgiving like that until I get to heaven, to be honest with you. I can't imagine what's going to be like in heaven, the praise, the glory, things that go on in heaven some days. I don't know if there'll be trumpets there, but you would think possibly trumpets there. A trumpet's going to sound, the Bible says, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. I think there might be trumpets there. If there isn't trumpets there, I, I know in, in heaven there'll be great times where great companies will get together to thank the Lord. It mentions there in verse number 31, and appointed two great companies of them that gave thanks. Two great companies of people to give thanks. We read on in verse number 41, it mentions the priests there, and verse 42 mentions the, the trumpets there, verse 42, the singers there, and then verse 43 mentions there was great sacrifices offered there, and the wives and the children rejoiced that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. An amazing thanksgiving in the Bible. I'm going to read on. It says, And at that time were some appointed over the, the chambers for treasures, for the offerings, for the first fruits, for the tithes, to gather into them the fields of the cities and the portion of the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah rejoiced for the priests and for the Levites that waited. And both the singers and porters kept the ward of their God and the ward of purification according to the commandments of David and of Solomon his son. And in the days of David of Asaph of old, there were chief singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God. Notice that, verse number 46. Songs of praise and thanksgiving were given unto God on this day. It wasn't just praise, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. There was actually some singing and praise going to God. And all Israel in the land, in the, in the days of Zerubbabel, and in the days of Nehemiah gave their portions of the singers and the porters. Every day their portion and they sanctified holy things unto the Levites. And the Levites sanctified them unto the children of Aaron. We see here in the Bible what I would call one of the great thanksgivings of history. Imagine a great thanksgiving like this. You see a great thanksgiving where all kinds of people are gathered together. And they're gathered together to to praise the Lord. Great companies come together and, and trumpets and musicians and singers and, and people of all kinds come to this Thanksgiving at Jerusalem. You know, this is indeed a great Thanksgiving. There are many different great Thanksgivings we could look at. I believe the first Thanksgiving, again, that they talk about that happened in America was actually in 1607. Some, some, we don't think about that one necessarily. We think about the 1621 one in general. But I want to read about the 1623 one here today just because, you know, sometimes we don't hear about Thanksgivings. They, they were of a continual nature. They're many times given in the fall time of the year. Many times given by godly people. And preachers would even preach at those Thanksgivings. 
And I just want to read to you about a Thanksgiving that took place in 1623 with William Bradford, just part of that Thanksgiving. It says, Inasmuch as the great Father have given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, Inasmuch he has protected us from the ravages of savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease. Remember 1620 and how many died in 1620? This is 23. He granted us freedom to worship according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now I, your magistrate, do proclaim to all ye pilgrims with your wives and house on ye hill, that between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime, on Thursday, 1,623 and the third year since the pilgrims landed in ye Pilgrim Rock, there you listen to your pastor and render thanksgiving to Almighty God for all his blessings. I don't know the details of that thanksgiving besides what we see there. But well, we see three hours of Thanksgiving being set aside in 1623 that you'd listen to your pastor and render thanksgiving to the God for all his blessings. I wish someday we could go back and see historically some of these Thanksgivings of the past. I think they would be amazing to participate in. And uh, I think about the Thanksgivings over history, and certainly there have been different Thanksgivings that have happened as a result of people being taken through maybe a very difficult time, and yet on the other side, they give thanks to God. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. How can we have a good Thanksgiving or a great Thanksgiving? Well, we can learn from these examples of the Bible and these examples in history. And we can learn to thank God for the things that we are graciously given in life. And so as I think about how to have a great Thanksgiving, I, I say, first of all, we need to appreciate our land. We need to appreciate our land. And I know with uh, those, uh, again, in Nehemiah's day and Ezra's day, they appreciated their city, they appreciated their God, they appreciated Jerusalem. And uh, they were called to appreciate their land. Let's pick up here in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse number 7 through verse number 10. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7 through 10 says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherewith thou shalt eat uh, bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of these hills thou mayest dig brass. And when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he giveth thee. You know, God's people were given a good land. You look at all the things that are mentioned here that were in that land. Many of the things that are in our land today mentions brooks of water there, verse number 7, and hills and valleys, wheat and barley, vines, 
honey. I don't know about olives and oil. May not have that so maybe much around here. Maybe we do somewhere in our country. And then it said, A land that, that thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Man, there's no scarceness of bread in our land. And uh, I believe we can have a good Thanksgiving by just appreciate the bountiful land that God has graciously allowed us to be a part of. No, Israel had their good land. And America is a good land. Verse 10, it says, When thou hast eaten or art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land she has given thee. The fullness of America, the fullness of the land that we have, the bounty we have, the grain, the fields, the food, the bread. The minerals, the resources, the oil. All this land is a good land that God graciously allowed the pilgrims to travel over to to start a country that would be a gospel-caring country. A country that established a thanksgiving once a year and thanks to Jehovah God. We have a good land. A country where there's churches. A country where there's provision and opportunity. The blessedness of having a church to attend close to your home. That's not in every land. You could go to places in this world and you could travel for miles and miles without finding a good church. Imagine if you were born in Russia today. Imagine if you were born in India today. Imagine if you were born in Pakistan today, or Iran today, or Iraq today, or Afghanistan, or Syria, or Egypt, or Sudan, or Morocco, I could go on and on and on with different lands that you could have been born into and I could have been born into. And you wouldn't be able to find possibly even a Bible in your language in some of these lands. You wouldn't find, again, many of the things we have in our land. We have a good land. I understand, again, we have our flaws. I understand there's corruption that's very deep even within our country. But well, we are a different land here. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 33. Appreciating our land, the beauty of our land, the bounty of our land. These are the things that cause people to even thank God in the most distressing times in history. To hold a thanksgiving or to call for a thanksgiving. Psalm chapter 33, verse number 12, the Bible says this, Psalm 33, verse number 12, it says, <clears throat> Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, 
and the people whom has chosen for his own inheritance. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I don't know truly if, again, God is the Lord of our land anymore, but God certainly was the land, uh, Lord of the land of America at one time. Again, our government, again, may not be what it used to be, but I can say this, I'd rather live in the freedoms that we have today than under the tyrannies of communism or Islamic rule or an evil dictatorship. The balance of powers in our country are different. Our constitution keeps us guided, really, kind of along certain ways. It keeps things steady and sure to some degree. Our military personnel have been called to, to establish rule of law as well as police and firemen to make this a good land. To make this a land where you're not put to death maybe because you have a different religion or your skin is a different color or you're part of a different tribe or you don't speak the same way as somebody else. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and indeed America has been blessed. We're also blessed to be a republic and certainly a republic is something again that we can thank the Lord for. We can thank the Lord again for a military. We can thank the Lord for even our currency that has even imprinted on it, in God we trust. It may not be that in God we trust, but at least it's printed in our, in our currency that in God we trust. We pledge allegiance to the flag, and we sing songs about America and how God showed his grace to thee. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. The least we can do in a country like this, as far as Christians go, is, is thank God for the land and pray to God for the continuance of good things that we have in our land. I know there's things that aren't supposed to be in our land or, and don't even belong in our land. But yet at the same time, I believe it's our responsibility to pray for those in our land, especially those in places of authority, as the Bible teaches that in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's turn there, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1 and verse number 2. Paul writes to Timothy and says this, I exhort you therefore, first of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You know, prayer, I believe, helps keep our nation on course, praying for our country. I do appreciate our land. I do appreciate what people have done to keep our land free. I appreciate the fact that we have, in general, justice for all. We do have that in our land. It's not like traveling to different places in this world and it depends on how much money you have and uh, what might happen to you in a country. You could come to a country and all of a sudden you could find yourself in a crooked country where all of a sudden maybe a police officer would come to you and, and arrest you and you would be thrown in prison. This, still, this happens today even all around the world in different places. You could be arrested and they could just ask you for money. If you don't have the money, you can just sit there in jail. We're not in a country like that. I know there are stories of injustice in our country, but 
the story generally is of justice in our land. The, the story again is of, of goodness in the land, of a, a government that protects its citizens from evil tyrannies. I mean, someone comes to our country and, and maybe does something horrendous, like a terrorist comes along and blows something up. You hope that justice will come in time. But we, leave a, we live in a good land. And so, again, to have a, a good Thanksgiving, we need to appreciate our land. I want to also read, if I could, here, Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation. I won't read it all, but I'll just read part of it. This happened during the Civil War, October 3rd. 1863, he wrote this. Lincoln's proclamation for Thanksgiving. The year is drawing toward a close, has been filled with the blessing of fruitful fields and healthful skies. Do these bounties we are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the sources from which they come? Others have been added, which are so extraordinary of nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequal magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggression, peace has preserved with all nations, and order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. He goes on and says some other things there. He mentions the population has steadily increased. He looked at that as a blessing. Notwithstanding, the waste has been made in the camp and the siege of the battlefield, and the country rejoiced in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor and is permitted to expect the continuance of years and largeness of increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, not this mortal hand worked out these great things. These are gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while with us in anger for our sins hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that we should acknowledge solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged with one heart and one voice by the whole of the American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in part and every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next, a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficial Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering uh, these things, he mentions some, some more things there. Uh, it goes on and mentions a number of things. I, I won't go on there, but he mentions uh, just, just to give thanksgiving. Both here in his country, all those on the battlefields, those at sea, those everywhere, to give thanksgiving to God. How could Abraham Lincoln ask for a thanksgiving in the midst of war? How could he do that? Because these gracious gifts, these things that were still going well for the country, were there, I believe, as God blessed our nation, even in the midst of conflict of the Civil War. He appreciated the good land. And he didn't say it was because of us. He said it was because of God. Appreciate God and the good land. Appreciate, secondly, 
I want to mention here the good things that you have. And again, if I thought about this here tonight, and I don't know if I'll do this here tonight. If, if someone wants to maybe participate uh, with this tonight, I'd be welcome your participation if you'd like. But there's so many good things uh, that God has given us. And I'd like to read a verse here before considering some good things that God has given us. Psalm 103, verse number 5, it says, Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Satisfy thy mouth with good things. You know, good land and good things, that's a lot to give God thanks for. I mean, good things, like good health, good hospitals, good police officers, you know, gloves to wear, shoes on your feet, eyeglasses so you can see. I mean, I couldn't hardly see if I didn't have eyeglasses. I mean, think about all the good things. A good house to live in or a good apartment, a car that works. I mean, think all the good things you have. I have a furnace in my house. Do you think that's a good thing to have? I think in North Dakota, it's a wonderful thing to have. I mean, in the summer, we have air conditioning. I mean, good things. All the good things that we have. Good friends. Uh, I mean, you could go on and on with all the good things. I mean, you see good things. But you know, a lot of people just see the bad things. They see maybe repressive things. But we ought to see the good things and thank God for them. You know, Abraham Lincoln could see through the good things. He could see the blessings he could see that freedom was still going to prosper and go on in his land. Through civil war, through battlefields, through deaths, through people that suffered loss, and, and there were widows, and certainly, again, division that took place during the war, in the civil war. He was able to thank God for the good things. You know, I, I understand this, and I know this to be needful for us, but we need to Focus on, on the good things, not the things maybe that are bad, that we may participate in. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. There's some good things that have happened this year. I know you've seen good things happen this year. The year of COVID, again, someone might say it was 2020, and the year of COVID was just a, a horrible year, and there was nothing good that happened uh, this year. But you know, there were babies born this year. There were people that graduated this year. And there's someone and some scientists that have uh, created a vaccine that may be helpful to people this year. And there have been people that have been elected to office this year that hopefully will make a difference in the future as far as the civic part and government parts of our country are concerned. And there is opportunity there. But we can certainly look at the bad things. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 3 and, and verse number 4. Paul writes in this epistle, it says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you toward each other aboundeth. So we have ourselves glory in you and in the churches of God for their patience and faith and in their persecutions and their tribulations. Now Paul was thankful for these folks here 
that in verse 3 it says, your faith groweth. You know, if there's something that's happened to Christians this year, I believe some Christians have grown through the tribulation, through maybe persecution, through setbacks, maybe through loss of job, through things that might seem bad but really are good. We need to appreciate the good that we've seen this year and we have seen the past and the good growth that we've seen in, in people's faith. We can focus on assets or we can focus on liabilities. We can focus on blessings or we can fo focus on losses. But we need to appreciate good things and growth in believers and patience and faith and tribulations as it mentions there in verse number four and five. And so again, there are some things we could do to have a great Thanksgiving, and that's to appreciate our good land and appreciate good things. And if there's some good things that you'd want to mention that you have gained this year, this would be your opportunity to maybe say, hey, thank you uh, for these things, Lord, that you've given me this year. And you could do that tomorrow and thank the Lord tomorrow and, and, and thank him for some things that God graciously gave you this year. Maybe someone got a job this year that they really thank the Lord for. Maybe somebody got a car or a vehicle that they've been praying and working for. Maybe someone is in a situation where they just got married and they're thankful for that mate and that marriage. Or maybe somebody has a new child in their home. Or whatever it might be, there's something certainly God has given you and benefited you or me with that we thank the Lord for. Maybe it's an opportunity to reach someone that you thought you'd never reach or talk to about the gospel. I don't know what it is, but there are good things. Turn to Psalm chapter 68, verse number 19. How to have a great Thanksgiving, appreciating those good things. You know, those guys there that got together there back in Nehemiah's day, I think they were being thankful largely because now a wall was being built, a wall for defense, a wall to protect them from the enemy, a wall that they had built with their own hands and they had been involved with. They were thankful for a rebuilding that they got to participate in and even to participate in the Lord's work in some way or measure is a good thing that we should praise the Lord for. Psalm 68 verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. He that is our God is the God of salvation. And unto God the Lord belongeth the issues of death. What can we be thankful for? We can appreciate our salvation. We can appreciate, let me say this, another G. We can appreciate God's grace. We can appreciate God's grace. You know, I don't know what it's like right now to be over in Lebanon, but I heard it's pretty hard from that last letter to be in Lebanon. Did you remember I just read that letter from Lebanon? I don't know if I'd want to be in Lebanon. I mean, some of these believers are having to work and to work extra and work a lot. Uh, because of the COVID situation in Lebanon, they're working hard there. And they're trying just to provide for their families there. And here in our country, we have what we have and we get what we get, but we should thank God for those things that we are benefited from, those shows of grace that God gives to us, those shows of mercy that he gives to us as Americans, as North Dakotans, as South Dakotans, whatever it might be. We are but a small minority, and we should be thankful for grace. Let's turn to Psalm 100. 
We should be thankful for God's grace extended to us. We should thank God for grace that's extended not only to us in salvation, but to God that in our lives when maybe we're not doing what we should be, but yet God extends grace. And I, I know people don't like thinking that way, but sometimes in life we're disobedient. We're not doing what we should be, but yet God gives us grace. And God blesses us despite what we're doing. Psalm 100, we should praise the Lord for that and thank the Lord for it. Psalm 100 is, a, again, another psalm of praise and thanksgiving. Let's read through it. It says, Make a joyful noise on the Lord, all ye lands, every land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye to the Lord, he is God. And it is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Uh, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. We appreciate God's grace. The Lord is so good to me and so I thank the Lord. We know that song. To appreciate the Lord and him extending us grace. When we mess up, God's not there to beat us down or to hurt us, but to graciously as a father would help us in the right direction. He may reprove us through his word. Someone says, how have I experienced grace? He might reprove you through his word, but he'll direct you back into the will of God. And so each day and in every day, we can give the Lord thanks. Let's turn to Daniel chapter two. This should be a pattern for us. I mean, Daniel did this in captivity. Now, I ask you a question. Any of you guys in captivity? Are you, any of you guys in a place where you've been taken captive, brought to a different land, to be in a place of captivity, to have other people tell you what to do and not to do, and uh, teach you what they want to do, and maybe not what you do want to do? None of us are in captivity. None of us are under slavery as far as anyone that I'm talking here tonight in church to. We certainly can thank the Lord for freedom. Maybe it's not perfect freedom. No, there won't be perfect freedom. There won't be perfect peace and all these things until Jesus comes to reign. Daniel chapter 2, verse number 23, it says, I thank thee and praise thee, O God, O thou God of my fathers, who hath given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now that what thou desirest of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. You know, Daniel just appreciate the wisdom and things that he could get from God. And each year, I believe each one of us are given things that we, we again, are given by God and, and given to him by grace. Appreciate his grace. Appreciate his blessing. Appreciate the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears. All those things that God gives you, your talents, your abilities, your opportunities, your areas of influence you can use. Appreciate God's grace. He certainly showed us grace. Let's turn it back to Nehemiah chapter 12. But how to have a great Thanksgiving? You know, I don't think you can have a great Thanksgiving without appreciating God. You can't have a great, a pre, a great Thanksgiving without appreciating God. Nehemiah chapter 12. Let's go back there. Nehemiah chapter 12. That was a central theme to their Thanksgiving. That's a central theme to the Pilgrim's Thanksgiving. That's a central theme to Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving. And that ought to be the central theme to any Thanksgiving. Directing our Thanksgiving not to government or 
something else, but just appreciating God. Nehemiah chapter 12, verse number 27. It says, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring to Jerusalem and to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and with singing and with cymbals and psalteries and hearts and singers, it mentions there, and trumpets and all those kind of things. And so they had this great thanksgiving to give thanksgiving to the Lord. See that in verse number 43, it says, Also that day they offered great sacrifice and rejoiced, for God had made them to rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced, so that the joy of, Jerus uh, the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. That's amazing. Can you imagine a Thanksgiving where people would hear you thanking God in a distance? That's amazing. What's the, what was their uh, central theme there? What were they appreciating? Were they appreciating the good land? No, they're appreciating God. Yes, they're appreciating, I believe, the, the wall that they now have. They were dedicating the wall. Verse 27, they were dedicating the wall, and at that dedication that they were appreciating God. If God advances our country, or God gives you something in your family, or God gives, again, someone... Uh, provision of some kind throughout history, the thanksgiving should be directed towards God. Thank God for the job you have, the house you have, the apartment you have, or the friends you have, or the teachers that teach you, or the pastor or employee, or the business that's there to help you, or the Bible that you read in English, or the church building that you have today, or the vehicles that you drive or have driven in. But all these things come from the gracious hand of God. Every good gift and every perfect good comes from above. That's to Joel chapter 23. But someone might say, well, this year was a tough year. Again, the, the year was tough that the pilgrims had. They'd gone through the loss of many individuals that died in their family, in their community, their small community of people there. They'd gone through, again, some troubles as they had traveled there over the sea. Sickness had hit them hard. Suffered the loss and deaths of individuals. But God graciously gave them a bunch of bounty that year. And they gathered together with the Indians to praise the Lord for the good things and to show appreciation to God. Job chapter 23, verse number 14, the Bible says, For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things... Are with him. I just want to point out this is Job that wrote this. Job that went through the loss of children, went through the loss of property, went through the loss of different things. It says, For he performeth the thing that's appointed for me, and many such things are with him. We need to seek to appreciate God in what he allows us to be a part of. No, I wasn't there when the wall celebration took place. But it was an amazing thing. I wasn't there at the first Thanksgiving or the first Thanksgivings throughout history. But I still can have a great Thanksgiving by appreciating the good land that God has given us. Appreciate good things that God gives us. Appreciate the grace of God that's extended us. And appreciate the God who provides for us and providentially appoints things for us. Let's close as we consider the word of God here tonight.